0: highways voices the podcast of highways news your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries and our must-read daily newsletter
1: hiya paul hutton here again for highways voices and this week we talk implementing new technology on the
2: road network we often ask them what do you need rather than oh we have this new product this guides our research and development and of course we want to help make
1: the most of the budget they have adrian tatum leads your main interview with now wireless today where we hear why you should ask customers what they want rather than just try to flog them what you have simple advice on highways voices highways voices In association with partner organisations, the Transport Technology Forum,
0: ITS UK, Elkrig and Adept.
1: So through my life, if people don't listen to how I spell my surname, I end up getting letters and emails to Paul Hudson. So today we get a real life Paul Hudson on the podcast. You'll hear his chat with Adrian soon after Adrian's first of all brought you some of the stories he's picked out on the Highways News website.
3: News from the Highways News com newsletter and website this week active travel england is inviting local authorities in england to apply for funding to make improvements to enable people to choose active travel this would include creating more paths in rural areas developing safer routes for children to walk to school improved safety at junctions and funding will also be used to support people in wheelchairs and mobility scooters by making street designs more inclusive Walking cycling charity Sustrans has estimated that active travel generated £36.5 billion for the economy in 2021 alone. This is through increased spending in high streets, reduced pressure on the NHS and better access to jobs. Elsewhere, Herefordshire Council plans to spend nearly £40 million pound extra in, in the county over the next year, with highways and transport at the heart of that investment. But the project range across the services include... 18 million on a new fleet of bin lorries, along with electric vehicle charging infrastructure and two waste collection depots. Over four million will go to highway maintenance as a condition of extra funding, and the county is also a backlog of 91 million on carriageway work, not counting foot and cycleways, street lighting, furniture, and traffic management. So, a further 144,000 will be spent bringing moving traffic enforcement measures at two locations in Herefordshire and £2.8 million will go to the Hereford Transport Hub, the planned public transport interchange at the railway station. And there will be visible activity over the next few weeks on the site of the North East Melton-Mowbray Distributor Road, according to the Leicestershire County Council. Starting shortly will be archaeological surveys carried along the sections of the 9.1km stretch. During the same period, work will start to create access routes for construction vehicles and machinery, as well as the setting up of compounds,
1: removal of vegetation and fencing being put up. You'll also read about the war of words over plans to expand London's ULEZ is intensifying. National Highways invites opinions on planned improvements to the M60 and A27. Apprenticeships applications open at Aggregate Industries and new branding for Renix. Remember, you can find out more about these and so many other stories on our website, highways-news.com, where you can find links to our Twitter and LinkedIn pages and, of course, Sign up to our unique daily email into your inbox every lunchtime. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. This week on Highways Voices, we focus on highway and transport technology. In such a fast paced, rapidly changing industry, local authorities have to keep up with many challenges as we not only change the way we travel and how we travel, but also become more sustainable and think about how we create an effective, efficient network of the future. Our guest today is Paul Hudson, head of sales at Now Wireless, a company that has been working closely with local authorities for more than 30 years, developing technology in answer to some of these challenges. Adrian started by asking the key things to consider when developing technology that local authorities can use.
2: Well I think it's it's more important than ever really to listen uh, and learn to the challenges local authorities have. I mean over the last 20 years we've built up a really good relationship with our customers and we often ask them you know what do you need rather than oh we have this new product. This guides our research and development and of course we want to help make the most of the budget they have especially as revenue budgets are disappearing rapidly it's important to see for them to see if their one requirement could actually be used for other solutions for example developing a counting classification tool and then using the same tool for queue detection bus counts ambulance monitoring etc So how is Now Wireless helping
3: solve some of the key challenges at the moment? We're obviously covering air quality quite a bit, air quality zones, um, some of of the challenges they've got in London with that, traffic congestion, ongoing improvements to active travel routes.
2: (sighs) Wow. Well, since I joined Now Wireless back in uh, 2000, we worked with councils to help get as many traffic lights connected via our wireless equipment to their scoot system, by providing a cost-effective and, and virtually revenue-free comms network, councils then had the budget to include more sites on Scoop, and then that helped them improve the traffic flow. Back in 2013, I mean, 10 years ago now, we started looking into how we could link air quality and congestion, and we they then did a, a trial with TFL that was successful, and um, we then looked at developing our own low-cost sensors to help Councils monitor air quality in real time and our Bluetooth sectors monitoring journey time, route analysis. And this is used not just for the councils to keep track of the traffic flow, but in the NHS, we're looking at getting ambulances and and other patient transportation to the right hospital as quickly as possible. Our own uh, in-house AI software looks at predicting spikes in pollution, uh, helping councils to be proactive and and stop pollution spikes before they happen. I mean, arguably that's the most important factor when planning for air quality improvements. Um, I know that in the last couple of years, we've been working with Staffordshire County Council, where we looked at helping them plan for improving the air quality outside of either schools or care homes. And um, We focused on a care home site in the centre of our town in Staffordshire. And we looked at gating the traffic. That was the plan. We wanted to see if that would Work holding back the traffic away from this care home site, just for I don't say thirty seconds, and then allowing that traffic to flow past the uh, care home site. Using our Bluetooth detectors for journey time, the uh, air quality detector to monitor the air quality before and after, and then implementing the plan, we saw that. We did actually slightly improve the air quality, but also we managed to remove these spikes before they were happening because we were looking at predicting it through the AI software. So that was not only a successful trial, it was a successful project with uh, Staffordshire and an actual solution where they could look at implementing elsewhere in the county.
3: And most importantly, I guess, right now, What is the secret to developing technology that is affordable for local authorities?
2: Well, one reason we developed uh, the cost-effective air quality sensor was the fact that councils' only other options were either paying £25,000, £30,000 for a chemiluminescent sensor or using diffusion tubes that were cost-effective. Then it gave no real-time data, it gave no spikes after analysis. You would just get an average for the year or for whatever time you were looking at. Our whole air quality range is not only cost effective, but they show the council in real time what is happening with air quality at a specific site. And this means that plans can be put in place by the council and they can see straight away what effects that plan is having on the air quality, whether it's for good or for bad. I think that developing technology that can be trialed by the council is also important when it comes to cost. Council need to be confident in the equipment, not just uh, listening to the guy who's trying to sell it to them, but also for them to know that it works. That it fits in with their requirements and actually helps and improves their work, and makes things quicker for them, gives them time to do other things.
3: And from your y- unique position of of talking to local authorities every day in your job how how would you assess where they are in terms of embracing utilizing new technology? I mean budget is one thing, resources another, but there's technology out there like yours that helps make a real difference to the local network. how How do you think they're taking that technology on? overall
2: as councils move forward i think they always want to improve their network they always want to try and have technology that is going to help them they're going to cut down on the, the things that take a lot of time for them and they want to be involved in in what's happening at the moment the amount of people that go to jct that go to transport technology forums they you know the councils want to be involved but i have seen that in the past, it's always talked about new technologies. You know, let's see what's happening, what is out there. Now it's more about we want solutions. They want solutions for these new technologies. It's not just about we want the latest X, Y, Z. We want a solution that will reduce air quality, a, a solution that will improve on journey times from A to B. But as as always with these things, budget will either help or hinder this drive for new technology. And... For us, I guess it will be looking to see what we can do as a company to help meet those requirements within their budget, to look at as technology improves cameras that always used to be very expensive in the tens of thousands as prices come down, we can test, we can check to see that the new technology works, meets the specification, and then pass that on to the cameras to say, look, this, you couldn't afford this 10 years ago. Now you can, and you can have 10 of them because technology has moved forward costs have come down and uh, it's a solution that will help you uh, in your in your job and your role as for managing the traffic
3: and you mentioned ai earlier paul there's been some talk about AI over the last few years and whether we can trust it to make crucial decisions for us on the network. Can, can we trust it completely?
2: I don't think anything can be trusted completely. There's always going to be some margin of error. I mean, everyone talks about my AI is 95% accurate or 99% accurate. There's always going to be that margin of error. And I think the, the, certainly the more data we give the AI, the more accurate those the AIs will be. But human intervention will always be required. Checking the data will be required. And, um, you know, really the the idea of an AI is to try and reduce the time taken for these jobs that take up a lot of time and to try and have better use of the time of the people that are normally used in checking, I don't know, counting cars, classifying cars, for example, checking potholes. If the AI can be... Given enough data, yes, certainly there's they can be used in these situations, but there will always be a requirement for humans to to check that data. You talk about AI as well, and that means different things to different people. You know, we're not talking about sentient computers and software passing the Turing test. You know, for us, AI is just simple machine learning, image recognition, a software that learns over time what shape a car is or a pedestrian is you know, i know there've been a lot of developments in connected autonomous vehicles for example but i personally still think we are way off from passengers travelling on the network with all of the traffic and and the problems that, that creates
3: and finally paul from us, what what are the emerging trends in technology that will help us improve the way our networks the way our networks operate in the future do you think
2: I wish I had a crystal ball to to know the answer. But certainly from what I have seen in visiting all these conferences and talking to our customers is that the councils want a solution. They want solution-based technology. They don't just need a piece of equipment and let them get on with it. They would like a company to come along and solve a particular set of problems uh, from start to finish. They have a problem for congestion. We can come in and say, we will provide this equipment we will do the survey we'll show you where it goes we will give you the tools to look at the data to analyze the data to say okay this this is showing air quality needs to improve in this site here are some plans that we think might work for you so a whole solution and certainly overall of this is data getting the right data being able to analyze it and use it in a significant way i think that the role of the guy in the council managing the traffic certainly evolving that they they need to have data analysts in this industry as part of this and as a company now wireless we're trying to help train up those in the council to use the data to become those data analysts to help them in their line of work that's what i've seen in speaking to our customers
3: great thank you very much paul fascinating stuff there from paul hudson at now wireless backed up by their first two create technology to solve everyday problems on the network
1: thanks for joining us paul thank you as paul hudson of now wireless on this week's highways voices chatting to adrian we'll look ahead to next week's podcast after the partner news
0: highways voices with the latest news and events from our partner organizations its uk elcrick adept and the transport technology forum
1: ITS UK has welcomed the creation of the Department for Science, Innovation and Technology. Chief Exec Max Sugarman called the establishment of a dedicated Government Department for Science, Innovation and Technology a welcome step in supporting dynamic and innovative transport businesses across the UK, explaining that there are huge opportunities from the development of new technologies in the transport sector, whether that's in areas like traffic management and enforcement, mobility as a service, connected and autonomous vehicles, might mobility, integrated transport or smart ticketing. Technology can help the sector reach net zero, he says, improve safety, ensure we're making the best use of the network's limited capacity and support the uptake of healthier travel options such as walking and cycling. By working with government and the new Department for Science, Innovation and Technology, he says we can ensure the UK becomes a world leader in these technologies, utilising them not only to improve our transport network, but also to support jobs, investment and economic growth the local council roads innovation group Elkrig has welcomed three new associate members Pudsey Diamond is a UK-based manufacturer of quality engineering solutions including lighting columns and brackets traffic bollards and street scene furniture Clee Hill Plant Limited is a construction plant hire company and compaction and surface dressing hire company and Metrail Construction is a leading infrastructure repair and maintenance specialist operating across the highway bridges and rail sectors in the UK. Remember, if you're a small and medium-sized enterprise delivering a cutting-edge transport technology solution, you can apply to join the UK Pavilion at the ITS European Congress in Lisbon in May. SMEs wanting to be involved in showcasing their products in Lisbon simply need to give the TTF details of their business, why they want to be part of the UK Pavilion and how they think attending will be of benefit to them. You can find out more on the Transport Technology Forum Website. And Adept has published a new Value of Trees toolkit designed to provide local authorities with specific guidance on tree planting. The toolkit will support them to plan for the landscape of the future, helping to tackle climate change, build greater resilience and develop nature recovery. Funded by the Reese Jeffries Road Fund, the toolkit provides information on species selection and the latest guidance on tree planting and maintenance, including guidance on highways trees. You can find out more on that on the ADEPT website.
3: SWARCO improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, Find out how SWARCO can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. SWARCO, the better way, every day.
1: Before Adrian's accolade, let me mark your card for next week's Highways Voices and return of two guests who were among the most popular when they appeared back in 2021. The scope for ingenuity is much, much greater if you're
0: prepared to actually wrestle with some of the counterintuitive and sometimes eccentric mysteries of human perception, actually. This really goes deep down to kind of epistemic. Epistemology, because we don't perceive the world objectively we have you can see this from the english language time flies when you're having fun or it was the longest 10 minutes of my life you know we don't perceive time like a metronome or a stopwatch for example and ultimately it's our perception of time that probably matters more to our behavior than the objective duration of something if you don't understand psychology you can make very terrible mistakes because you can do things which seem perfectly logical within the framework of, say, economic modelling, but which are actually catastrophic uh, in terms of behaviour. Now, I've only got a small example of this. I've just bought an electric car. Now, the electric car gives you, effectively, no, no congestion charge. And unfortunately, this acts as a slight incentive for me to drive into London. In my petrol car, I drove in... Uh, let me see, I drove into London probably twice a year. To be honest, there doesn't need to be a congestion charge because the act of driving in London is so horrible that, to be honest, they should be paying me compensation for my general stress and (laughs) human suffering. But because I've got this electric car, it now creates the slight feeling that to get my money's worth, I need to drive into London a bit more frequently than I did before. So things like road pricing, if you don't understand two things, I think that, um, human behaviour does not follow the assumptions of standard economic and transport models. It's not a reductionist thing. Also, I think if you don't understand, people are different, and sometimes this can play to your advantage. We spend an awful lot of time trying to solve for the average. We take the average traveller, solve for him or her. Well, actually, of course, it's it because it's an average. And uh, and then impose that optimal solution on everybody regardless of their varying preferences
4: and comparative sets you hit on a really interesting point and it's whereas marketeers and advertisers but also academics who have studied this would start questioning has transport fully realized the key product that it is selling on the one hand it's the get the person from a to b point but if you only think of it in those terms then you get to this reductionist area of we'll get them to b faster than a is the best possible option. But thinking of it differently leads to some more cheeky um, ideas, like what if the sleeper train were a room on Airbnb? And when you're looking for rooms in Aberdeen, you can book the sleeper train because after all that could be your first night um, in Aberdeen or vice versa if you wanted to stay in London. And there suddenly the cost feels a little bit different because after all you're paying for for a, um, a night's accommodation. And I suppose Rory and I's perspective as we've been working together has been that to see other sectors not engage in that same reductionism. So we don't see cafes be simply the efficient delivery of calories or hospitals merely be about curing or uh, affecting disease. We look at the wider sort of job to be done as a technical term would probably uh, describe it
1: that's behavioral scientists rory sutherland and pete dyson who wrote the book transport for humans they'll be on next week's podcast where we talk about their appearance at september's jct traffic signals symposium to give the audience their ideas on how we can run transport networks better you won't want to miss them before we go back to adrian for adrian's accolade
3: and my accolade this week goes to the team at stagecoach The company has celebrated the launch of the UK's first fully electric city bus networks in Inverness last week. 25 brand new zero emission buses are now operating on all city centre routes. The vehicles can operate from morning to evening on a single daily charge and feature USB charging points at each seat, interior LED lights and contactless payment facilities. In an era where zero emissions is more and more important in terms of public
1: transport, that's why they're worthy winners of my accolade this week so no more bus fumes breathe deeply that's it for today's highways voices adrian and i will join you again next week with rory and pete we'll catch you then
0: highways voices join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry